Hello, welcome to our Spider-Man ranking part two. I hope you enjoy the rest of our list. We argue quite a bit. We do. Will I use my Peter Tingle? (laughs) Will you? (laughs) Uh, Enjoy the rest of the ranking. (laughs) Okay, so that was intermission. Let's just do a recap real quick of what we picked. We're almost done with this ranking. This is going to be pretty crazy going into the final four. At number nine, we have The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Number eight, Spider-Man 3. Number seven, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number six, The Amazing Spider-Man. And number five, Spider-Man 2002, the original Raimi film. Who's up? Number four, we have James. Was his final pick, basically. And you haven't used your Peter Tingle. No. Wow. You're saving it. I this am, is a big. I am kind of. I'm curious what's going to happen pick. in the top three. So, Spider-Man Two, number four. Okay, Spider-Man Two, number four. Wow, yeah. I am kind of confused. I am. I am I'm a little bit. Surprised that you did that. For sure, I am very surprised. I, I know. I, guys. I would do something similar. Can I say though? I forgive you for Spider-Man: Homecoming. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's I'm, talk about it. Spider-Man. You want forgiveness? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Get religion, religion. All right, Spider-Man 2, number four. Uh, what do you like about it? Um, this movie is the best out of the Raimi trilogy, I think. Um, yes. Agreed. The writing is the most complex. The storytelling is, I think, the most thematically rich. Um, and the journey of that Peter Parker goes on during this movie kind of defines to me the rest of the Spider-Man movies totally. that come after um, yeah. Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, this movie defined the struggle with identity and confidence and the constant paradox of choosing what is right versus to quote Harry Potter, Dumbledore, what is easy, right? Nice. Um, Love a Harry Potter quote. And so, you know, in this movie, these two things were set up, you know, what is right for this character is to obviously try to self-sacrifice, try to be Spider-Man, try to, you know, realize that he does have a gift and that he does have to look after quote unquote, the underdog, the underdog in this movie, of course, is always Mary Jane Watson. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the easy choice is obviously to just like ignore it, hang it all up, throw the suit out. Um, And so this movie um, is the epitome of of what Spider-Man is, I think. And so to me, it it deserves a top five spot. Now, there are issues with still Mary Jane, how Mm -hmm. she's presented. She's still the damsel in distress. You know, the main motivation for Peter overcoming his lack of confidence, his lack of ability to kind of see who he needs to be, Mm -hmm. quote, quote unquote, needs to be. Um, is basically motivated by saving Mary Jane. Yeah. Um, there's no other selfless kind of act aside from that. Yeah. Um, there's some internal kind of turmoil going on with like fighting Doc Ock and trying to understand who he shouldn't be um, in relation to the power that he has, the intellect that he has, the resources that he has. Um, but outside of that, the conflict is, is pretty shallow because it's again, just like falling back on these tropes of, I have to save a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it's number four and not in the top three, but still 
I think one of the best superhero movies that handles identity uh, with power uh, that I still have ever seen. I agree. Yeah. Uh, kind of was up there with like Logan that yeah. dealt, dealt with identity, mm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the idea of Doc Ock like uh, being at one point, And this is how I feel like the Tom Holland movies kind of run where there's a conflict with a villain. And then there's also the conflict with uh, Spider-Man or Peter Parker's mm-hmm. identity. Like yeah. I like when those are two running themes next to each other. And it's not just like the, you know, the superficial villain, like the Russian rhino yeah. in yeah. Spider-Man. What is happening? Yeah. Um, so, so I totally agree. And I think like I talked about before, I think Doc Ock is one of my favorite villains besides Norman, because I really believe in their relationship. Yeah. Um, like when the chip gets destroyed in the AI arms, I'm actually really sad for, like Octavius, the auto's character. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh my God. Like I, now I understand what is leading to his violence as a, like a villain. Cause it's, he's not in control and kills Rosalie. So, yeah. yeah. So there's, it, yeah. And his wife dies who we also got to meet. So like, I really believe even though it was like, a, she got to say her scene. three words to get her check. Yeah. She's like, Oh yeah. I totally got Rosalie to marry me because of poetry. Yeah. yeah. The way to a woman's heart is poetry. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that was a rough James. Is that what really set you in um, that your was career it, guys. path? Um, I wasn't going to say it, but you from know, New York, that movie now you're a poet. My it's like, entire identity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I really believed in their relationship. So then when Peter had to fight him and um, especially at the end, there was like an emotional impact when I felt like the Mary Jane arc that you're talking about, like him ultimately having to save her was so like shallow mm-hmm. and like, like boring. Um, we have her like screaming again, you know, um, like where I forget how, how he, he, whatever he like takes her. So that yep. way, um, Spider-Man will come. Yeah. I think, well, they were like eating together and then he breaks, yeah. through, he throws a car through the window. He has a spider sense. That exactly. Tingles. Comes Peter back. Tingle. Mary Jane's like, do you love me? Yeah. And Peter's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I do like the idea that what we talked about before, like Dr. Octavius is trying to tell Peter at the beginning and be like a mentor and say mm-hmm. that if you have this gift or whatever, you should use it for mankind. Like it's a privilege. And then Peter reminds him of what he said. So that way Doc Ock can control the arms. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's good. But um, also just, I really love the scene um, where he, where he gets turned, like the thing breaks. And then also when he's getting Inhibitor surgery, trip. the surgery scene, scary. that's the real Sam Raimi. Yeah. Yeah. Evil yeah. Dead director. Yeah. You can feel it coming through. Yeah. But um, there are, are also like things that don't really work in here. Like we said, MJ, um, they, Aunt May thing where he tells May that like he killed uh, Ben. Well, that was, or you know, whatever he feels responsible for killing Ben. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that lingering grief. Okay. Um, I don't know if, she, I don't know if the, I like that he told her the yeah. response is kind of weird. She walks away and goes upstairs and doesn't say anything. And then later the little neighbor boy is like helping out and he like, seems like they both know that Peter is Spider-Man. Yeah. We haven't really talked about that at all, but Aunt May knowing Peter is Spider-Man it seems like she knows that's supposed to be a through line of her knowing that he's going through puberty, I think, because there, that's something we haven't talked about at all, but Spider-Man being right. a, just this a like metaphor, metaphor yeah. for puberty and, and this Spider-Man two having being a metaphor for performance anxiety with like MJ and exactly, all that yeah. stuff, like very much not interesting. It's just like a subtle two thousands humor yeah. thing that just doesn't work now um, for the most part. 
But yeah, I don't love the, the Aunt May stuff. I do like the idea of Peter telling her and feeling uncomfortable about that. But the way she responds doesn't really feel like the Aunt May character. Yeah, yeah so. not the patient kind of, you know. Yeah, understanding. Yeah. Also because she's had like to years to, from, to distance that, I think. Also, Maybe. yeah. And you, um, well, it's been two or three years, I think, since the first and second gotcha. one. Gotcha. It just felt like out of character for what we've seen before. But um, I, I, because she like really kind of babies Peter, which is also another, you know, like it just issue with the whole. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, but um, with the writing of woman in, in this yeah, it's, series, it's, it's not good. Yeah. Harry slap Spider-Man at the Love banquet. It. I'm here for I'm it. Outrageous. Okay. That banquet scene honestly was, I think one of the best scenes in the entire movie. On revisiting it, um, it really works. Yeah. Yeah. I think they need a lot more of that. I like forgot that. that it was James, Jonah Jameson's son. Yeah. Mary. He's an astronaut. Yeah. MJ. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. MJ, go with and him. I think she just met the <laughs> met this guy. I don't know. And then uh, she leaves him at the altar. <laughs> but but when she's running to him, they're yeah, doing like that slow mo shot. Her smiling. I don't know and if like, you guys have seen the movie The Graduate mm-hmm. with Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman. It's just like that scene. Yeah. Incarnated. Well, I, I think I I guess it's an influence. Yeah. It's just very weird the yeah. way they use MJ is basically this kind of like. MacGuffin for Peter losing his powers. Oh yeah, like at the very beginning, she's like, "You're just an empty seat in my life." I'm like, "Do you all like even know each other?" Like, (laughs) you know, it's like a lot of hanging out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh... My other favorite thing about this movie is Peter Parker is in college, Mm -hmm. getting bullied. Like, there people are throwing spitballs at him at the very beginning. Yeah, one of the opening scenes. Yeah, they, they. I think it's the problem of those movies is that. Tobey Maguire is 30 years old and yeah. like yeah. they want they, they so badly to go back to anymore. high school because it helps the plot of Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but because he's 30, he just ends up becoming like this weirdly rep- repressed quarter life crisis guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Everything you guys have said, I agree with. I think the movie was number three on my list, um, but I was very close to putting it number four. So I, I love it here uh, because I think it does the best of what you both have been talking about, which is exploring the Spider-Man Peter Parker internal conflict of trying to balance normal life with superhero life. I think Alfred Molina does a great job as Doc Ock. I love the score by Elfman here. I think the New York City becoming a character and an ally to Peter is actually the most effective in this movie than any other movie. Like New York City being the ally. The kind of train scene in this. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh okay. The yes. The Jesus pose. Yeah. Yeah. Being a man of the people. He's just a kid. Um, that scene always made me so uncomfortable for some reason because the, the I, idea I think Toby just looks old when okay. they like carry him on the train. To yes, the mask they try off. to put his hair down and everything. And, and then the, this man who looks like the same age as Toby Maguire yeah. is like, he's just a kid. Yeah. I think it helps because he's like, <laughs> like five, nine and skinny. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's probably what they were trying to go for, but it is tough. But what I was going to say about the, the New York city thing is where, uh, where you have Ned as the guy in the chair in the Holland verse. In right. this movie, you have the guy in the chair being like the people of New York city in the working class. Mm, and I think that yeah. is pretty interesting to like have them try to fight back against doc. Ock. It's yes. corny. Yes. Yep. It's, is it a, is it a, you know, a, a time capsule? Of course. Um, but I, I think it does work. And I, I agree, Kelsey, the kind of slapping Peter is devastating to watch. And I, and I kind of wish we got five to 10 more minutes of that subplot with Harry. It would have really I fleshed agree. out what happened with him and his turn yeah. in Spider-Man three. But, I, but I do think what really works in this movie are the kind of like employment issues that he has 
the financial problems yep. he has and Aunt May has. Yeah, he like can't go to class. He like can't yes. keep a job can't because figure of things out. Yes. He's always suffering. Yeah. It's like every scene is him just like getting punched in the face, metaphorically, yeah. and sometimes literally. And he's having like um, academic trouble and he's a genius. Yeah. And that's interesting too. So he's got these romantic issues, they got friend issues, he's losing his powers. And his, you know, hero, Otto Octavius in this movie becomes his arch nemesis. And like, I think that really, it just really works. And I, I really like this movie. I do think it's overrated by Spider-Man fans. When Mm -hmm. I see it on number one of lists, Mm -hmm. I don't really get that. Yeah. Especially after a few movies that we're about to get into. Um, But I like this movie a lot and I've tried to separate myself from nostalgia. And if I think I fully separate myself from nostalgia, maybe in about five, seven years, the movie that we're probably going to pick next. I'll oh, well, if you fully separate yourself from nostalgia, then my, at least my list looks a little different. But I, I also, I think... I am surprised about one movie we all haven't picked yet that we all obviously have pretty high. I'm surprised. We'll get to it, though. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go get him, Tiger. All right, so <sighs> uh, let's go to... <laughs> let's go to number three. The third pick is me. Yep. Wow. Uh, okay, so with a third pick in this ranking, I'm going to pick Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay, cool. Yep. How do we feel about that? Do you guys have it close to number three on your lists? It James. is number three. It is number three on your list, James? It is cool. number three. Whoa! Wow. I told you guys. We're doing the Spider-Man, Spider-Man. meme. Spider-Man <laughs> meme. Wow. All right. Maybe we should do a visual medium sometimes. Um Okay, so this movie confirmed, I think, what Homecoming did pretty well, which is that Spider-Man works best as a comedy with some dark moments. Mm -hmm. This is a John Hughes coming-of-age comedy like I've talked about, but with enough sad moments to really feel like a Spider-Man film. And I think this movie has aged the best for me in rewatching it, Only even though it's only like three or four years old. I actually had this pretty low on my MCU ranking list when I checked on Letterboxd recently. And when I rewatched it, I actually like inserted it into the top 15, like closer to the top 10 of mm-hmm. the MCU. Wow. So I really love this movie and yeah. I'm really surprised I'm rewatched because it was very low for me. Uh, let's start off by talking about Quentin Beck, AKA Mysterio. AKA- you don't want any part of this. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Going into this movie, I told Kelsey Mysterio was supposed to be a villain in Spider-Man. So when we find out he's from a different universe and we were watching this live in the theater, which I'm already a bad husband at this time. And I was like, hey, like, you know, you've never seen this Spider-Man movie. And like, this is a part of my (laughs) upbringing. And like Mysterio here is going to be the bad guy. And then she's watching it and she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, I don't know either. And I was like, oh, well, I like that he's not the bad guy, but I don't love this subplot. And I also don't love Gyllenhaal in this. He's like my favorite actor, but he's like really acting with a capital A. Yes. And then when you rewatch it, knowing that Quentin Beck is doing the Mysterio bit. Exactly. And he's acting in front of Peter and Nick Fury. It is hilarious. It's really fun. And I think it's going to be the thing that ages the best about these movies is that performance. Yeah. I, well, when you said that he's a great, like an up there villain, I, this is like how you do a villain, um, that feels comic-y mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. maybe the lizard or the, you know, Dr. Connors or like a Spider-Man two villain that feels so just like distant. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Mysterio technically kind of like is, but they tie in like a a theme with what Peter Parker's going through and that Peter's like, I don't deserve this. Like I'm just a kid and I don't know. Like, I just want to kind of push off this responsibility, um, in a way that feels interesting. Yes. Agreed. And I love, and I also love Jake Gyllenhaal's performance, like rewatching it. The comedy hits so much more where the first time you watch it, you're like, what's going on? Yeah. Because you're so used to also seeing Jake Gyllenhaal as like a very serious yeah. drama actor. And yeah. it feels weirdly like, you know, scammy the whole time and kind of slimy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, is this bad acting or is he acting about acting? You know, and it's obviously it feels like latter. a Ted talk. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, the really nice thing about this villain is that he feels so topical. Mm-hmm. Um, And what I mean by that is like, you know, he's so relevant to the issues of censorship, trying to figure out what is kind of, you know, authentic truth specifically related to like fake news era. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Basically the issues of like, you know, free speech and how to manipulate and how free speech and speech is manipulated Mm -hmm. online. Um, And in just, uh, you know, regular discourse for yeah. people to, to basically try and distinguish or they're try, struggling to distinguish, you know, what is real and what is fake, what is, what needs to be listened to and what is just noise. And, and, and probably most importantly with the kind of like giving this man the power and, and the, and the front seat to driving this Edith car is mm-hmm. that because Peter can't make uh moral choices about what is right yeah. versus what is wrong. He gives the keys over to, the biggest weapon on planet earth to an insecure man exactly. who yeah. is now running a great one metaphor. of the biggest weapons yep. on planet earth, which is really, you know what you're saying? Topical. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's like, I just use Edith to try to kill, kill Brad. Yeah. Who also has a crush on. So he's MJ. like, I can't handle yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And also we have the plot uh, or the theme running of like Spider-Man wanting to leave Spider-Man behind, which is similar to um, Spider-Man too. I mean, right. not, not leave him behind, but try to have this like quote unquote, like normal life. And just be a kid, like go on exactly. His. And Amazing Spider-Man tried to do that too by yeah. Peter trying to go to England with Gwen yeah. and leave mm-hmm. New York City too. Yeah, I was struggling with Far From Home and Spider-Man Two, and I was flip-flopping back and forth. Forth. That's three, what four, I was three. doing. And so weird because ultimately Far From Home is, I mean, all the Spider-Man movies are derivative of you know what came before sure. them. Um, but the conflict, especially the psychological identity conflict that was going on in this. Um, movie felt very, very similar to what was going on with mm-hmm. like the identity power conflict insecurity that was happening in Spider-Man two, right? In Spider-Man two, he was struggling with his powers in far from home. The, the Spider-Man two of the MCU, um, he's struggling with his powers again yeah. because he's not confident. Um, he doesn't believe in himself. He doesn't think that he can make moral choices at such a grand level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I was definitely struggling with that. Yeah. Conundrum. Well, I think the reason I really love far from home, um, it is that, that theme. And I think the reason I have the other one higher, cause I don't want to give anything away is like a lot of nostalgia brought mm. in the no yeah. way home. But for, for this one, like sticking on that idea of him feeling insecure and feeling mm-hmm. like, can I actually do this? Um, and that kind of being a cope me- coping mechanism for mm-hmm. him to, like you said, like hand this off to someone who seems okay and not really like doing a moral check. Um, there's this scene that I for- totally forgot about um, after the really scary scene of Beck, like just beating um, 
Peter up mm-hmm. in that like parking that garage was brutal yeah. or whatever the, uh, the, uh, building, um, like getting like, just like pushed down multiple, like concrete floors, like smashed between two cars, like, um, raising up, uh, Iron Man's corpse. Yeah. Like, oh, a and, lot oh, of and the Mysterio yeah. kind of like dream sequence he's doing nightmare sequence. Yeah. 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 Like putting, yeah, the snow globe. That was so cool. Just the projection of all these different things happening. And then, uh, like Beck using Nick Fury even to to figure yeah, out to who he's told. Him. So yeah. then he's like, oh, well, now your friends have to die. Like after that whole sequence, which was really, I think like underrated in my rewatch, yeah. um, we have this scene that's really important thematically with happy. So happy picks him up and incredible he's like, scene, you know, prove that you're happy. We yep. have that really funny scene. <laughs> um, I love Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Whatever he says. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but it, when happy, that's what I was saying. It felt like representative of like our age for some reason. I just felt like when we heard that kind of music, yeah. differentiating between ACDC, Led Zeppelin, yes. whoever was like an actual challenge still is. So I, I like, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess it's like the experience of an adult being like, you don't know this thing of like when <laughs> I was growing up, you know, it's, it's a funny, yeah. like authentic, like coming of age scene, um, even though it was so like on the nose. But yeah, besides the kind of comedic points of this scene, there was a really important um, just relationship scene between Happy and Peter because they're the only people who knew Iron Man. And again, Iron Man in this uh Spider-Man like franchise. Everyone's mourning him. Yeah. It, well, Iron Man's like his father figure, right? Yeah. That they haven't really figured out how to do correctly. And I, I think that Iron Man is a good um, representation of like a father struggle uh, and building up this myth of him, like being, feeling like, I don't know, like he's a celebrity to the world too. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but it is a weird Peter conflict. says he really messed up. Like he actually messed up mm-hmm. as uh happy stitching him together. And, and happy says like, Oh, well you're supposed to be like super strength and how yeah. this isn't supposed to hurt. And he's like, it still hurts, you know? So we have this idea that he's still a kid. Yeah. Um, and we, I genuinely feel like he messed up because he handed over this AI to someone he totally shouldn't have like made this basically like naive choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and I buy the Holland performance too. But um, he says, I don't know how to do this. I'm not Iron Man. And then Happy says, no, you're not Iron Man, but no one could live up to Tony. Not even Tony could live up to Tony. And I was like, that was great. And I I just totally missed it. I guess the first time I was watching it because I was so, I was like, what is happening with Mysterio? But he was talking about how Tony was a mess and like he second guessed Mm -hmm. everything. But the only thing he didn't second guess was picking you. And I don't know if, like what he did in Endgame, if he would have done that, if he didn't know you were going to be around, yeah. and that was really like just I got, nice. Hey, I got I chills. Just, I yeah, I got <laughs> chills. God, that's so so weird. Yeah. We have all this context. It's because he's dead. It's because Iron Man's dead. It's like it hits different after these years. We were so connected to that character. Damn. Yeah, but yeah. rewatching, I was like, this is why when I was thinking about War like Homecoming for mm. me at least, and um and far from home, this one went a little bit further up because it's Peter having this realization, um, like dad is gone. Yeah. And I love this idea of your dad couldn't even live up to the myth of your, your dad kind of that's, idea. That's it. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Yeah. We're talking about all these like uh, more depressing elements because this movie is like literally a comedy. It's a European yeah. vacation, yeah. National yeah. Lampoon movie where like Peter's undressing with random woman in, in rooms and people are taking pictures yeah, of him. Brad. Yeah. Brad. Well, that shows like the such the com- uh, complexity of depth for the film itself, you know, and then the themes that connect so personally and emotionally to the audience. Yeah. yeah. I realized something when we just said Brad. 
what? we didn't talk about um, what's his name, the butler to James Franco's character. Oh, to Bernard. Bernard. That poor man. <laughs> Bernard, make us something to eat. Bernard's like, uh, he sees some terrible things. Uh, what? <laughs> Bernard's like, I, I uh, like, <laughs> I cleaned your, your father's yeah. wound. <laughs> no. Wait, what, bro? The blade that way? pierced your father's <laughs> abdomen <laughs> only came from his glider. Like, oh my god! All right, so Bernard, we're gonna take uh, take seventy two here. That? How do you measure the wound or something? Yeah. Um, Sorry, I just thanks I, for I the forgot Bernard we, shout out. Though. I think we would have regretted not bringing yeah, up Bernard. the yeah, Alfred that, of the Toby Maguire. Which, by the way, we're not saying that name wrong. It's not Bernard. Yeah, just it, we're on it the is same Bernard. Page. We saw we have subtitles. So, but back to far from home. European back to vacation. Far from home. European vacation. It is a total comedy. Something that the, air, the flight, is, the teachers, all that stuff. Yeah, something that is great about this is that it's the movie after Endgame. And remember, in the conversation going to the theaters, we we're like, "How is a movie going to top like follow up Endgame? Endgame? Like, what it, what is going to happen here?" And I think that was also maybe my reaction. Um, when I left the theater though, I was, I was like, like was oh, what? that was okay. Mm, you know? Yeah. And now revisiting it, right. I was like, oh, this is a great Spider-Man yeah. movie because it has like all the things we want. But I love how they kind of deal with the end game of it all. The Avengers tribute to open up the movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So good. And I also love the, uh, what that opens up on is the feature Friday special report at Midtown High. Yeah. Well, well, first though, it has the Tony Stark, Captain America, like PowerPoint fade outs. Yeah. Right. And then they're like the blip. And yeah, you're right. They're giving the student news where they That's show hilarious. up. Here's what happened in the blip. Yeah. Like what a great like <laughs> Some finger. kids aged, some didn't. Well, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, when they first showed it's it, I was weird. like, wait, what, the, what happened? But I love when they have the kids crashing back onto the basketball court. Like they all show up. At yeah. Just yeah, yeah. In a ridiculous um, scene. And then all these like sounds of, of you know, the school Music band. Instruments, yeah. But then when they explain, like the people who blipped came back as the same age, and that those who did not grew up five years. Yep. And my favorite line, like a really underrated line, is like, "Yeah, my like old li- my little brother is like older than me now." <laughs> <laughs> so funny, genius. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I really love everything you guys are talking about about the themes and the dad who isn't actually the dad I thought he was. And I love Beck, but I really think what works in this movie on rewatch is the comedic elements. I just think it's a hilarious movie. I think it's probably the funniest Spider-Man movie. I think movie. it is the funniest Spider-Man movie. I don't think it's the most emotional Spider-Man movie. I, that one's coming up, I think, for me. Uh, and and if we're going to talk about just like action scenes for a second, the huge CGI battle at the end, I actually think is pretty effective. Like the illusions yeah. just being made by tech made by a normal human mm-hmm. or humans. I think that's really cool and interesting and getting like, uh, that W <laughs> against Jake Gyllenhaal and like <laughs> Spider-Man and the meta-ness of all of that, knowing that like, we know Jake Gyllenhaal lost the Spider-Man role and, and also oh, just like true. for Spider-Man two video game fans, you yeah. play Mysterio against Mysterio in that video game yeah. back in the early 2000s. So they're just like some meta nods there to mm-hmm. big Spidey fans. So I really love the end of this movie. And then it, really ends at the end in a hilarious way, which is insane. Peter and MJ flying across New York city screaming, which is awesome music playing. And then Beck comes on the jumbotron and reveals Spider-Man as Peter Parker to the world. Uh, and I think J Jonah Jameson too, right? Yeah. And then we get the, the great mic drop that we didn't even mention from Marissa Tomei in the first Spider-Man homecoming, but the, what the, you know, like the, the end of the curse word because they can't say it. Uh, so I, I love that about these movies. And I also love, we didn't talk about the outros or sorry, we didn't talk about the intros in the original Sam Raimi trilogy, how the artwork 
in the Our original is trilogies is amazing oh, the when they're, they look like the illustrations so, yeah. of yeah. the characters and, and so they the do that scenes that were are going to unfold in yes. the movie and yeah. they do that in a Spider-Man 3 in the Raimi film the best because they do the exposition of the first two Spider-Man mm-hmm. movies through the artwork and then at the end of these Tom Holland movies, they do it in the outro. They do all the, yes. the images, which is really cool. So I like that it's as a shout back. out too. Yeah, they're all, it's a lot of fun, like high school, yeah. you know, coming of age mm-hmm. feelings. Sp- Spider Man in the Tom Holland verse, which I really like. But yeah, yeah, I love the I- the idea of we find out at the end, like everyone knows who Spider Man's true identity is, mm-hmm. and I think that was purposeful and them wanting to come us to come back for like another movie too. Yeah. Um, but I think it works, especially like how we go into the other movie. It didn't feel forced where other plot points um, have in like other Spider-Man movies. But I also love MJ figures out that Peter Spider-Man. Oh, great call. Um, yeah. That was so cool. They have like some like awkward, you know, uh, 16 year old stuff. Yeah. yeah. They're like, yeah. so where just do you want to go? Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're just having awkward conversations. I got you so, this necklace. Cause I know you think dead people is funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. They're like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. This is some real 16 year old. <laughs> and stuff. then Ned also, uh, the plot of him having like a girlfriend just over the plane ride is very funny. Yeah. They're mature adults. They figured it out. Yeah. They broke up, but it's mutual. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, it they're broken up. It just makes me think of so many random like camp romances. <laughs> or, like yeah. over summer camp. Gosh. Yeah. 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 And then I I like when he's kind of like territorial over knowing Peter first. He's like, oh yeah, like I, I knew. Like, but even before that, just like uh, Peter going to ask MJ if she wants to go for a walk, you know, like outside, like before she even find, tells him that she knows he's Spider-Man. Mm. Just their kind of chemistry that they have about like not voicing the word, but saying it through their eyes. And I thought that was really impressive. Now that we know that they've been dating that whole time, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Well, it's sweet like, when uh, they have that kind of, understandable miscommunication of she's like, I've been watching you. And so I know that you're Mm Spider-Man and he's like, is that the only reason you're watching? Yeah. You know, like it was nice to see a vulnerable Spider-Man who wasn't like, I don't know. I have these powers and kids love me and they're dressing up as me. It's like, I hope we never get that version of Tom Holland's Peter. (laughs) Yeah. That would be so annoying. There was one other thing that I wanted to say that we were talking about, but I, I forget. Was it Mysterio unveiling himself as Mysterio? Oh, like no, Mysterio? it was a Mysterio thing. Yeah. So I love when Mysterio is he's doing like the editing. choreograph. Yeah, he's yeah, doing he's, the editing room. He's the room. director. Yeah. That, exactly. And everybody's wearing the- He's uh, like, yeah, re- rewind, rewind. Yeah. The, uh, Stop. Motion capture suits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. And, I, and like he's like, do you meta. have the suit ready for me? Like when I get when I get back after the like big finale. And But my favorite part of that whole thing is when he's like talking to the guy who's actually creating it. And he, and then he is like one of the one of the um, projectors is missing and he's yeah. like you're telling me that now and then he pulls it up and it's Peter and MJ with yeah. the projector mm-hmm. and he's like this is evidence but he goes if Peter like when I have to kill Peter Parker for this one day yeah. his blood will be on your hands yeah. and yeah. I love the idea that Beck doesn't actually want to kill Peter he feels so bad about he likes killing Peter. Peter it's interesting yeah he really does like him and he feels like this. <sighs> Like he's a former illusion specialist. He's a lonely man. I think he sees that in Peter. We didn't talk about though. He is an ex Stark um, employee, which I thought was really funny that they were all disgruntled. Yeah. Former employee of Stark. Um, And the barf uh, thing that we see Tony do at that MIT, you know, I think yeah. the Civil War yeah, yeah, where he talks to his dad parents. in memory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then we see Beck in the background. Like yep. they show us a flash. He's wearing like a Steve Jobs outfit. <laughs> yes, he is. Kendall Living Plus. Those are all really good. Um, okay, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, this movie rocks. Yeah, I think it's a good one. Speaking of like coming back to this 
podcast and listening it when we're 50 years old, we're probably going to think, wow, like removed from nostalgia of a movie that's coming up. I'm just going to step on it. But like whenever it's drafted, I don't care what you guys put, where you guys put it, where we put it, not a big deal. But Spider-Man No Way Home, when we remove ourselves from the emotion of that movie Mm -hmm. because of all of the Spider-Man in that film, I think this movie might be the kind of like quintessential live action Spider-Man movie. Interesting. Um, this one might last, I think, and until one movie beats it in the future, possibly. But I think this might be the one. So I love this movie. I'm glad we have it here at three. Okay, it's my turn. Yep. Okay, I have a big so decision just, to make. Just tell listeners, yeah, James still has his veto power. He's just going to Peter veto Tingle. whatever. Yeah. So if I he doesn't know. have, I'm in conflict. So if Kelsey right takes now, his number I, one, he's just gonna he's gonna veto it. I don't all right, Kelsey, what are you thinking? I, I, okay, so. You want to talk it out? I, well, so I have a ranking that I was like very confident about, except for these two. Yeah. So oh, wow. Um, I'm at this point right now. And I, was I confident. went back and forth between these. And I think that one is objectively a better movie. And I think that a, a different one, I have a really good time watching and I almost can't separate like the theater experience of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a, as a, you know, superhero, like, Super Bowl. Okay. Sure. No, yeah. No, right. I think these are both like four and a half star ish. Yeah. Slash five star movies. I don't know what I'm going to But for do. different reasons, like how you just. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm, I'm just going to do it. Okay. Um, so I am going to do the movie that I think is actually a better movie overall. Like what does that mean? You're going to take that a, a at number better two? better movie at number two. Okay. But I'll explain why unless I get vetoed. <laughs> then I'll just explain the other one. Okay. Um, I'm going to do Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. As number two. As number two. Okay. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. All right. Am I getting vetoed? Is it staying? No, no Peter Tingle. No okay. Peter Tingle. Okay. So I think that this is a better movie objectively than what will be at number one, I which agree. is Spider-Man No Way Home. And I think that maybe in a year, even like I might totally change this ranking. Um, but the reason that I put this here is because there was just like so much nostalgia with the Spider-Man No Way Home. In a way, I don't think that we might get like again yeah. ever, right? Like there's all like these movies. I mean, Sp- Spider-Man we've talked about has been remade so many times for a reason. Like anyone can wear the mask and mm-hmm. um and there's this idea of Spider-Man having a coming of age story. So like mm-hmm. very um, accessible for like a, a lot of audiences. Yes. And that's the reason that the story has been remade so many times, similar to like Batman, but Batman's for different reasons. Right. And it wouldn't be the same as seeing like a bunch of Batman show up. No, <laughs> it's just, no they're all, it wouldn't. Like, yeah. Serious in a room or something. Um, <laughs> so can, can I, uh, Sorry, Kelsey. I'm going to Go interrupt ahead. you just Go because ahead. it's a collective list, and I feel like we are all splitting this 33. Well, you don't have a veto. Um, I know, but I'm going to talk to James for a second. Okay. okay. Uh, so, James, <laughs> I think Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is uh, the best superhero origin movie ever made, and I think we might regret. Not oh no! I I genuinely one. know that it's no. A I know way you know, movie. but he has the power. <laughs> so. Uh, so I'm just putting that out there that I cried once in Spider-Man No Way Home for a cheap moment. That's true. Maybe one and a half times for a I moment cried, that was deserved. I did cry multiple times at the end. in Spider-Verse. And in Enter the Spider-Verse, I cried four times. Wow. Trey counted his tears. I did. 
Uh, if you're listening this far into this podcast right now, I'm trying to be emotionally manipulated by okay. my friend Trey um, uh, no, into it's okay. Let's making. It. Let, honestly, I, I apologize for interrupting list. Kelsey. You were making it a good take. You were explaining that it was the better movie objectively, but you were putting it at number two because of our nostalgia attached to number one. Yes, and we haven't said this before, but we'll probably revisit these rankings. Oh, for sure. Yeah, in a few and years again, when they make like, six more Spider-Man when movies. When in it's not years. as fresh or maybe i you know yeah hey, did this movie come out two years ago like it, sorry not into the spider-verse that came out 2018 but yeah, no 2018. way home no way home is 2021 yeah so yeah a few and we years all saw ago. it together yeah so. um, our actual top gun maverick that's what opened theaters oh, that was our yeah. Top gun maverick so i, I think for spider-verse though let's i'll talk about that first since that's going at number two okay number it's two sorry Trey. i was just putting it out there i know I, I i they are like both up there i think again just to say, Spider-Verse is a better movie, yeah. for sure. Emotionally, mm-hmm. I stakes, agree. Yeah. even the relationship. Oh, let's talk about it. It's better because <laughs> the conflict is so like family-centered, which is at the heart of Peter, uh, or I'm sorry, Miles uh, here, like the Spider-Man story of a kid like growing up yeah. with these different pressures. Um, and then also like living up to parents' expectations. And he has like three father figures like um miles has his father his uncle Mm -hmm. and also peter from the different peter b peter b my guy and i'm assuming the mom will get like more context more background a connection in the sequel i hope so because that was the only thing where i'm like really guys this is like the ninth tenth movie ninth movie we're making and we're still not doing the woman character right any justice it's weird yeah and then i i do um coming i don't know about (laughs) kingpin totally I, i i mean he worked for me as an animated character, um, but... So he was trying to build a super collider to yeah. access parallel universes to bring right. back his dead wife and son. Exactly. But we are introduced to them like halfway through the movie in a, in like a, in a weird... Yeah, I wasn't like bought in dream on kind of why he thing. wanted to bring them back. Similar to well, how... This wife I feel son. like it's obvious. Well, what I was going to say was at the end of the movie, he doesn't really get to explain to Peter no, in an emotional moment before yeah. Peter like, you know, kills him almost like a green goblin scene where he's lying to him, but still okay, he tells I him. See. So his dead family was used more as like a plot device. Yeah, exactly. To Instead of him being like, try to, here's why I am this exactly. megalomaniac. Well, they, tr- to, they did try to do it with him. Um, like he was fighting Peter Parker, um, like yeah. originally, and then they the Chris came, Pine Peter Parker, yeah, yeah, and the they original. they like came into the house and saw that, and then they left, right, and then they got in a car accident. So they did try to like go back and it, it kind of explain why Kingpin doesn't like blame himself. He blames he's putting all his blame on Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think explaining that to Miles would have been interesting instead of the flashback. I agree. If yeah, I don't sense. know. Yeah, he Kingpin felt one note to me. Okay. So yeah. um, but I do love that uh the Spider-Man or Peter Parker in this universe is killed in like the first ten or whatever. And not first ten, but like the first part of the movie. No, yeah, first act. It's and really then cool. Miles um like promises to fix it. And I we have this really great moment. Um, one of the moments where I got really emotional and having all the nostalgia and context from Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. is when it's announced to the world that this like 26 or 27 year old grad student was Spider-Man. And he was just like one, someone you could walk and past MJ's on doing the street. Speech. Yeah. And it's a really emotional it moment is. like it's, for us. God, yeah. yeah. And it's brutal. Yeah. It feels so like our like that. 
nostalgia being killed. It's exactly. Toby. It's Toby Maguire yeah, being killed, yeah. or Andrew Garfield's character. Yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like. Yeah. So, so that, and then also like we have other villains that I think are interesting besides Kingpin. Um, we have Olivia Octavius, the scientist played, um, her voice acted by Catherine Hahn mm-hmm. who did a, a great job and was like it's a, a great fun sequence. villain and yeah. also a great surprise too. And she was like, she, Kingpin kept saying my reactor and she was like our reactor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I just like that, that reveal, but obviously like uncle Aaron as the prowler, right? Yes. Is that was a great amazing. twist. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's uh, maybe more to like Trey, what you're probably going to argue is that like as villains go, um, this is one of the best kind of, like, if we're focused on miles as Spider-Man as the character, and we have like this family centered conflict and expectations mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. also things he has to deal with from the world and thinking about why his uncle, like the choices his uncle had or like um the the circumstances that his uncle had to like right. deal with like this it's such a good movie like the universe that it opens it's the most up. well-rounded spider-man movie yeah yeah on on every angle so i think the first thing i'm not going to argue against it because i think these top two movies like i said are four and a half i my brain is so letterboxed at this point that's how i think about things like it's just <laughs> like this is in the same tier of love for me these this movie and no way home so i think First off, this movie is special because I think it introduces a new era of film where there are like 200 creatives, like artists who are working on this film Mm -hmm. and the animation is nuts. The detail is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. We bought this literally on 4K just to be able to revisit it like and rewatch it over and over again because if you rewatch these movies, the amount of detail in the corners of the screen and the amount of like shout outs to Spider-Man fans of different things from comics is wild. Like what they give you in this movie. It feels like you have a whole set of 60 comics to read when watching this like 90 minute or plus film, yeah. uh, wild. which is really rare. You don't get that in anything. And so I feel like it is a new step in animation um, for comic fans at least. And so I think another element that Kelsey touched on, which is Kingpin, even though I have like some like, critiques i guess about his uh motivations um what they do with the green goblin being this monster and what they do with crowler as the as a villain and all the other villains are introduced to i think the kind of like not taking these villains they're they're not self-serious so i really appreciate that but there's something about this plot that is actually incredible that makes the other plots feel kind of like underwhelming Mm -hmm. to the other spider-man films there's something about this script that feels like really tight yeah and they do a good job of keeping it simple about miles Mm -hmm. um and i'm also realizing when watching this animated movie i think all the other spider-man films do so much legwork to make you convinced that peter is not a 30 year old man and he's actually 15 yeah whereas this movie's an animated film so you don't have this yeah you don't have to yeah you don't uh, have to uh, suspend your own disbelief exactly and i think that this movie succeeds because of that um and i think it may be unfortunately emphasizes that maybe superhero films should be maybe animated movies a lot of yeah, times. Maybe. Or maybe yeah, I mean, give Tom us Holland examples. gets close to this idea of like, I, I would actually see like a, a kid or he, he, he convinces yeah, me, right. That they do he a good is job with a high schooler. Right. And that's when we were thinking about like, who is which Spider-Man? I wasn't actually thinking of miles as an option because I view him genuinely like as a kid. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, that's and a good point. Like who he, like what the character is supposed to be. Yeah. I, um, yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, just going back to the story real quick, because I want to just shout out some things I liked. 
Um, as soon as the kind of the parallel universes, people come in from them and Miles gets his powers and he is struggling to use them and he like falls just like Tobey Maguire did on top of a car, yep. hurts his back. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to Chris Pine, Spider-Man's character, the one who's dead, his grave and old Peter, you know, Peter B. Parker meets him. This movie really takes off. Um, and then we go back to, uh, <laughs> we go back to Aunt May in this movie. And Who we, is the guy in the chair? And we, she, she is, is literally the guy, the guy in the chair. Yeah, in the chair. Awesome. And she's sick. And we like meet she's all like, took these. took you long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. all the other dimension spider people like already came there. We have Spider, yeah, spider Noir, Noir and Penny yeah. Parker. Spider and Ham. Spider Ham. John Mulaney. Yeah. Yeah. And Penny they're all Parker. deteriorating. And Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. Some yeah, great yeah, voice yeah. actors. Spider-Man Noir. It's yeah. Crazy. So like he takes the Rubik's cube back to his world. He's like, yeah. I'll figure this out one day. Yeah. So I like that they're all like talking to one another and like learning from one another. And it's kind of a interesting to see them all tie Miles up in his room. Yes. After that was such an emotional scene. Yeah. Yeah. After Uncle Aaron you're is like, killed, you're not ready. For yeah. What we're you, about to you're do. seeking revenge. We've already been there. You just stay yeah. here. It's because we care about you. And um, I just thought that was really effective. And his dad telling him he loves well, him. Well, wait, before we get to the the dad scene, which was also great too and, and very emotional, I love that scene. They It's a similar thing that we see the Spider-Man No Way Home do where it's like, you don't yes. understand what I'm going through. Actually, we are the people who like would yeah, understand Yeah, we most. are still here. Yeah. Yeah, and so they, they talk about like losing their uncle Ben or losing like whoever they did in their lives. Mm-hmm. And like, that was like so emotional. And um, I think the reason I, I just want to bring it up is because in no way home, we have like hours of context. Uh, yeah. So of course it's like emotional. Yep. And we also have an emotional connection to even like these people as celebrities too. Right. Um, but in this, like I just met these animated characters and mm-hmm. I'm, really emotional crafting a new yeah and i'm so invested in miles's world too and so i i think it like almost deserves extra credit for that because it's the same thing that they're doing but i felt maybe even more emotional here yeah Um, that's why it hits when his dad apologizes to him and says he loves him and it's nice that he's already connected yeah he's like some people grow apart yes i don't want this to happen to us because him and his brother grew apart yeah. Yeah, like him and aaron and he's forced to he's forced to be in that situation he can go nowhere um, guys, except to just listen, right? <laughs> That's right. The, guys, <laughs> he can't escape and go break somebody's arm like, you know, 2002 Spider-Man and just like throw someone out a window. Exactly. He has to sit there. Spider-Verse 2 comes out in four I feel like days, we're going to get five roommate days. context, right? Is that going to be like... I hope so. You think roommate's going to be a guy like Well, because Ned? he knows that he is Spider-Man. I guess he does tell him, right? Yeah. Wait, yeah. What? Well, no, he, so they his, like his, his like high school, private school, whatever. Yeah, room. They, oh, he goes right. to like a dorm for yeah. the weekdays or something. And he, he knows yeah. he like yeah. passes out when he sees all the mm-hmm. spider people. <laughs> I'm more excited about him and like Gwen and their friendship. I'm interested yeah. to see if they go. I'm, I'm, I'm interested Gwen to see if they Stacey. do something new where they might make a platonic friendship thing. I think they're obviously like a romantic interest there. Um, but I'm interested to see if they kind of add more women into the story and, and try to contextualize them too. Because when they do give backstories to all the spider people, they show her and she lost her best friend. Oh, but she yeah. never calls Peter her scene. boyfriend. It seems like Peter was the person with no powers in her world. Like Peter Parker in her world. Yeah, yeah. she was. Just a, her universe. Yeah, she guy. was the spider person. Yeah, and he was her best friend is yeah. the way she yep. put it. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to see that movie, honestly, Yeah, there too. was a sweet um, moment where he, she was like, I'm not really doing best friends right now. And he was like, well, they're on the bus. And he was like, well, if you like 
have a spot open, like keep me in mind or something. Yeah. And then you, you go back to the Nick Miller, um, Peter B Parker. And he's like and he's smiling, smiling, laying down, listening so sweet. that he is the one who got me when I said I cried four times. He's the one who got me at one point. Miles is about to put the USB into the, I guess the wall or whatever yeah. to stop the yeah. machine <laughs> to <laughs> work. Like back the moving or yeah. yeah. And, uh, Peter B Parker says, miles, you did it. Like you have your powers. Yeah. It's working. You're controlling them. I'm proud of you. I love you. Right. Well, you just, yeah, you don't see that in a non, um, like, I don't know how to explain it, but you wouldn't see that in in another superhero movie that doesn't feel like it is like Thor. Um, like they have to make a joke out of it or something. Right. Like, um, but by, by the way, also besides like the emotional beats, um, I think that the, powers that miles has are so cool. Like yeah, his invisibility, he's got like an electric, I mean, he's yeah. got to be he's the got a static shock thing one, going on. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, Aunt May makes him the, the, uh, the web shooters. Web shooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he like borrows the, the suit from the layer, which it's so funny when they're all going down <laughs> Nick Miller's like, uh, Peter B. Parker's like, well, yeah, my layer is like this too. Just like picture smaller, like yeah. no planes, no. <laughs> like, also, and then he um, takes the suit and then he like spray paints it to be his own. Yeah. Shout, a suit sick. Yeah. yeah. Shout out the subversion of, um, you know, how Miles defeats Kingpin is using a kind of like problematic trope of like putting a hand on like a girl's shoulder and yes. saying, Hey, Hey, <laughs> um, you're and, right. It did. And it that's how he funny. defeats Kingpin. Like that <laughs> has so many layered, you know, jokes upon it because of all of the other Spider-Man movies yeah. um, about just like miswriting and like mistreating the character, uh, women characters. Yeah. It doesn't condescend to you. You don't need to see some Spider-Man inserted into this movie. No. Like our number one choice, but I do love our number one choice, yeah. but like it, it is really great. That scene. I also love the scene. I teared up after the scene too, toward the end where Miles's dad's like, I think Miles goes to hug his dad. As yeah. Oh, as yeah, yeah. And then he's like, <clears throat> yeah, 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 up, yeah. You know? Love that. Yeah. I don't know. I just really like the whole kind of like father and son dynamic actually working yeah. as opposed to just dad dying or like a father figure dying, even though we get that with the uncle, but like, it's just nice to see the parents and him have like a positive and healthy relationship. Um, I am interested to the choice of the dad being a police officer, but I guess that is kind of like the American patriotism element coming through all of these films. But that did seem like an interesting, well, it feels like it's bringing, you know, a a conversation here into, into the movie that needs to happen between like, you know, what is the right way and what's the healthiest way to, to To systemically protect others. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man's like, I'm doing what you can't. <laughs> Andrew Garfield, yeah. <laughs> Captain Stacy. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, last last moment before we go to No Way Home, just um Uncle Aaron finding out that Miles um Yeah, the look it, of shock Spider Man yeah. when yeah. he takes when off his yeah and then and King he got King shot and Kelsey went shoots <gasps> him. I did the <gasps> yeah. I've been, lately everyone, I've been so like uh, reacting then to the, the target the audience moment. Yeah. They're like when we want an audience to watch this, we want them to make this noise or we yeah. want them to ask this question. Yeah. And I've been doing that like out loud you've for seen, every movie. That was the second time you've seen Spider Verse though, right? <laughs> yeah, but I just I, I hadn't seen it in a while. Yeah. Um, How excited are you for Spider-Verse 2 now that you've seen this again? Because I am really excited. God. So excited. All right. Let's get to our number one pick. James, it's you. (laughs) All right. All right, James. Here we go. Back Uh, back in the corner. 
So I, I'm not going to contradict myself. I do think Into the Spider-Verse is a better movie. Okay. And the reason No Way Home is in number one is because it actively tries to correct its errors mm-hmm. um, in the universe, in the canon that existed before it. And I think there's something to be said about, you know, acknowledging what, problems you had and how to healthily correct them now moving into the future and in a lot of ways the movie still stands as a foundational element for even into the spider-verse to catapult itself into a more equitable and healthier spot the other thing i want to bring up is that's a it's a good way to explain why this movie works mm-hmm. yeah the other thing i want to explain is is thematically this movie does something that I haven't really ever seen uh, another movie do, which is basically force your character into a situation that is worse than death and leave them there. And what I mean by that is at the end of no way home, um, you know, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, he, chooses he actively chooses to completely eradicate anybody's um, memory of him Mm -hmm. anybody's connection to him no social security number no identity zero yeah zero zero nothing and so high school diploma in that way he puts himself into kind of a perpetual nightmarish hell in which he constantly has to just Convince people um, he exists. Convince people he exists, right? Yeah, or not. I mean, yeah. that's the ultimate sacrifice. And he's just one identity. That's the ultimate sacrifice, right? Yeah. Not that. It's so sad. It's that. Everyone knows Spider-Man, though. That's so he's just that one. Right. Um, I think the more tragic part, too, is like he thinks he's going to, he's like maybe lying to himself that he could go tell MJ. Mm-hmm. That, like that's the second cut yeah. is when he sees MJ and she got into MIT and so did Ned. And then she decides, I mean, he decides like, oh, I'm just not going to tell them because maybe they're better off. He sees MJ's Band-Aid and he like oh, feels yeah. awful. And, it, it really you know, it's is. incredible acting from Tom Might be his best performance yeah. in that moment. We, we were talking about that when we were watching it. It was- um, His tears and he just like, yeah. almost looks like a puppy dog or it something. It hurts. Yeah. I, I felt, I left that okay. theater with an ache. Yeah. You know, I did not feel good, really. It was like, oh my God. It was closure though for yeah. us as fans. I think that James, you explained it beautifully. I think it is closure of like us and the the things that we feel guilty about loving about the original yeah. five Spider-Man movies fixed a little bit or yeah. corrected. It is not to make your, what you just said that was really eloquent uh, sound a lot more like straightforward and watered down, but it, it does feel like the, the cancel culture correctness of like Spider-Man movies. It like fixes everything that was problematic sure. for the most part about these films and the villains to the point where they're literally explicitly saying like Tom Holland's character is saying, I want to fix and cure these villains. And you're like, well, what is that? I mean, I think the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't know if I love this, but then watching it again, I'm like, Oh, there's a meta layer to this and him wanting to improve what the other writers. Yeah, exactly. Effed up in the previous movies. So, yeah, I also think it works as like, I love how all of these Spider-Man, Tom Holland, like home, you know, trilogy 
start off with something that is interesting. And I feel like the other Spider-Man movies have always kind of like struggled to start or like asked me to buy in a lot. Not to say that this, this does not ask me to buy into a lot of things <laughs> to make the plot work, but I do like at the beginning, we are we start right when uh, we understand that everyone knows Peter's mm-hmm. identity and this is like the worst thing for him. He gets a lawsuit and um, we have Beck on the, the um, Jumbotron in Times Square mm-hmm. or wherever they were in New York City um, saying like, that he's framing Peter for his death, like a teenager, like what a petty person (laughs) (laughs) just like even releasing that. Um, so a really funny plot at the beginning. And there are Quentin Beck fans out there. Yes, exactly. The the Spider-Man versus Mysterio. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're like team Mysterio. Yeah, Yeah. It's great. And then obviously like everyone wanting to, uh, say they know him like flash Mm -hmm. writing a book about him, like a lot of really funny things. Um, well, that just made me think about, um, (laughs) how, Flash becomes the more detached version of like Harry Osborn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so Harry is this toxic friend that we talked about already. And so mm-hmm. Flash is truly this like toxic person trying to use Peter Parker's yeah, I success. Guess Harry, to, like, if he existed himself. here, he would just be doing Instagram lives. <laughs> yeah. 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 He would just be doing that. That's so true. Um, and then all of his friends are rejected from MIT and Peter feels responsible. Yeah, so we have a really like great weight going into the movie that feels authentic even before we get the like Marvel kind of tie in of Dr. Strange where he goes to ask him for Mm, to make a spell. Right. Like I I feel like the, the Spider-Man singular movie driving first. Like I feel Tom Holland. What I think makes this movie successful, which we haven't even talked about yet is the, um, aside from the two Spider-Men that entered this film, which are Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. We even brought it up, which is the reason why it's at number one. I mean, if we're being real with ourselves, web slinging, are you serious? It's sick. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was Spidey one or Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought one, I was two. Peter one. Um, Number three. <laughs> so good. Uh, I've never fought a guy from space. Um, aside from that, I think what really, really works about this movie is that it understands that the first two films were a little bit coastal elitist, coastal elitism going on, mm-hmm. which is a criticism of a lot of Hollywood Marvel studio projects or honestly any franchise films. And what this movie does is it, it acknowledges that it's been doing that. It makes Peter go to an apartment by himself. Yep. Do what James is saying, which is lose his identity completely. And why it resonates and hits so hard when you watch these back to back, like Kelsey and I just did last week is because the first film, Spider-Man homecoming, Peter would give anything to give up his identity as Peter Parker to Mm -hmm. become Uh Spider-Man, to become a part of the Avengers. Spider-Man Far From Home, he is doing anything he can to not be Mm -hmm. Spider-Man, to just be Peter Parker. And then Spider-Man No Way Home, he's finally accepted his identity, but now there are consequences, which is those that uh, he loves uh, can't be themselves and can't actually live their lives. And he feels like guilt for this. And so he gives up his identity he was most comfortable with in the previous film, which was, Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And so now he's no longer Peter. And so that I think is what really works. He is stuck as Spider-Man in this perpetual nightmare, how James put it. And he, uh, and he's just going to be like depressed without, <laughs> without his best friends. Yeah. And that is uh, awful. And yeah. that's how it's left. Yeah. It's I mean, tragic. It's like, he's leaving uh, adolescence. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I've, 
it's, it's entering rough. the saddest adulthood of the Peter Parkers. It, it, I mean, it makes somehow me think he can still of, afford that apartment. I don't know where he got a bank account. Yeah, yeah that's a little bit like, and He's like right next. He must to, have robbed uh, a little bank, just he, a small bank. He's right next to Rockefeller Center. It seems. Like, yeah, that apartment's probably like five thousand dollars. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to say a, a criticism that I noticed rewatching it a second time where I, I think we went to see it twice in theaters. Um, yeah. But the whole first 40 minutes is a criticism like Dr. Strange. Yeah. So, so he goes to get Dr. Strange to make a spell to make everyone forget him. He keeps making alterations and the spell like goes crazy. Yep. And it's like, well, I feel like Dr. Strange would probably like get the spell from him instead mm-hmm. of like asking it and editing it. Yeah. On. That was yeah, a so little problematic. Heavy, heavy buy-in. And then also when all the villains get there yes. and then, you know, Peter's like, I want that they should just all go back to their own universes. And May's like, you need to fix this, right? At the um, the shelter, she's like, you need to fix this. Like, you created this problem. And while I know that's in the spider, like, man ethos. Yeah, right. It just felt like, okay, they're telling us that everyone get ready. This is the movie you're about to watch, like, yeah. Yeah, without yeah. the emotional buy-in. So I do love that she says it while... Norman Osborne, William Defoe is like stealing donuts in the background. <laughs> That's pretty good. And he is like, I guess he's bipolar, schizophrenic. Something's he's going confused, on. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's right. He's like, we know that he left his mask there. So that was a subversion. So, but so uh, let me ask you guys this, because I think I'm going to forget. I didn't write this in my notes. I'm just curious because a lot of people have criticized a lot of people. I don't want to straw man audiences, but like people I've seen who don't like this movie, who are critics will mm-hmm. say that like, all the villains who came back into this movie knew who Spider-Man was, which was Peter Parker. But some of these characters didn't like um, Electro, for example, mm-hmm. didn't know that Spider-Man was Peter Parker. So how did he come back into this universe if it was only those people? And so that I think oh. is a plot hole that allows for the question of, are these the characters that we have seen in movies or are they from different universes that are similar? Uh, oh, completely different. Huh. Does that make sense? Because the Green Goblin character, I think is actually kind of interesting that they've, they've given this kind of, mental health issue too, which is not the same problem yeah, but I think in the that, original. Not exactly, movie. but I think they're similar. trying to play with something similar, but same, similar to Electro, he looks different. Yeah, his, right? his electricity is yeah, yellow. Yeah, but I think that was but like even a, his face, he looks different. Like in the character, he has a he has I think a it was hair. probably just a plot hole because I think like, okay, so by that logic, like then Andrew Garfield could be a different Andrew Garfield from like a different universe. I know, I think, that's what yeah, I'm saying. I, don't think, I, I think that's like very like fan theory. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I think like we're going to conspiracy. Yeah. Just asking. Um, I mean, it's probably and they were, they were just like, hey, like the Electro character that we made was so um, just like- No one's going to remember Amazing Spider-Man yeah. 2 is basically what yeah, that it, character it was, was. I mean, yeah. it was ranked the lowest on all of our- Yeah. 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 So- so so I think okay. that so toss I, out of the window. Let's keep talking I think about it. Like, let's just like take advantage of how hot Jamie Foxx is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and have He's him like, you guys are going to stare at me butt like ass player, naked like this? Um, or like actually have him be like a really cool villain. You know what I mean? Like with the yeah. other villains and like mm-hmm. understand that the lizard guy is still lame, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. They don't even bother. They just keep him in a they car. A exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, but I'm glad that, uh, Jamie Foxx is like the villain in this that um, role. Yeah. Like, a lot of because stuff. he feels unlike how he was in mm-hmm. amazing Spider-Man too. He's like a, a major hitter villain. So I think that, um, 
we we get to the scene in Happy's apartment, um, which is really yeah. We got to awesome. talk about this. I love when he brings all the villains home, and um, and then he's trying to fix all of them or cure them, save them, whatever. He gives Doc Ock, he fixes his little chip. Yep. Um, and then we have that awesome Spidey sense scene. Yeah, where, where it's like this down. close up of his of Tom Holland's face walking through through the apartment. And just like I, you feel as the audience member unsteady because everything else is kind of out of focus. And you're just like looking at Tom's kind of unsteady face. Right. Which I didn't talk about, but I love in the animated spider verse, how the spider, um, the spider sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love how all the spider people have that at the same time, but I love this scene. And of course my favorite line of any Spider-Man movie Ever. I agree. So Ever. Good. It's so, I agree. It's so good. Norman's on sabbatical, honey. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. Um, that and, and can the Spider-Man come out to play are like amazing. And I, and he gives a great villain speech, you know, where it's like, um, it's teetering on making sense, but yeah, it's, it's like Kendall Roy's speech at Logan, Logan's, uh, funeral. It's also, that's a great comparison. Is that, is that a spoiler? <laughs> Uh, it's, Logan's, okay. it's okay okay yeah it's fine uh, but so, the sabbatical thing is also funny because the religion stuff that we've been going back and forth with right. which is just kind of like a funny through line of all of these movies yeah. which is the american patriotism imagery of a mm-hmm. lot of these movies which is funny well i just love that he is like we don't need you to save us like mm-hmm. you're being patronizing to us. so that makes sense but then he's like these are not curses these are gifts and yeah. he says you feel like you have to choose but gods don't have to choose we take Look at this guy in his rhetoric it's he, so he's, great he's Mankinite. yeah the screen goblin he is and then uh this Electro is like, a succession yeah. podcast <laughs> <laughs> Electro's like yeah that, i mean that makes sense to me and everyone's like out of there um, and then we obviously have that whole like really intense fight scene, which rewatching it was, it's really crazy. bad. Yeah, like it's intense. literally he takes Spider-Man and like puts him through multiple floors of concrete. Yeah. Okay. Not only that, and just constant like punching of the face. Tom Holland is punching like, the face and he's laughing yeah. guys. This yeah, is like, yeah. this is like better than anything we saw in Joker in the dark Knight. That's literally what yeah. I was about to say. It is so good. I, I feel like anything I say will not live up to actually the height of this scene in my Mm -hmm. mind. Like this scene is the best scene in Spider-Man when it comes to actions. Yeah. It's like, this is, they haven't touched anything like this. I actually fear for like Tom Holland's Peter Parker's life. Now that I know other Spider-Man exactly that he's getting beat up like this. Like, are we about to get Andrew Garfield as the new (laughs) Spider-Man? Yeah. Cause we saw Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man get absolutely just annihilated yeah. by this guy. Yeah. And so, yeah, we have that context in our minds. And of so just I'm thinking actually like, kind of oh scared. My God, oh my God, oh my God. Are we going to get Miles Morales? Like what's going on? Is like, is Tom Hong going to kill? Cause you know, the Sony Marvel stuff's happening behind the scenes. You know, there might not be another Spider-Man movie cause there's only been a trilogy before. We've never seen a fourth film. Mm-hmm. And so all of this is building into our minds at this time. So we're going to look back at this as like a crazy <laughs> theater experience, especially like the crowd cheering, which well, we haven't, well, we haven't talked well, about the portal before we get to portal. Just the, the may death. I want to touch on at yeah. the end of this scene. I love that. Uh, Norman tells Tom Holland, Spider-Man, like that was your fault later on that may um, died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, what did you guys think about the, the well, I, yeah, I wanted to ask you, like, I felt kind of shocked and I, I didn't in the theater. I don't remember feeling like emotional. Cause I was like, why are they doing this? Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. And reflecting on it more over the past, you know, year, I guess, or more. Um, it felt, it felt like a kind of cheap ish 
play in the plot to kind of buy the audience Mm -hmm. in more emotionally. Like the stakes are real this time. Yeah. Um, And that's why I feel like I also was a little bit numb to it because I I almost like was predicting it. I was like, all right, she's going to die. I didn't think that. But I was was still emotional when she died, especially rewatching it just because now I know she's like gone. Um, but, and when you don't know if she's going to die or not, and when you see the blood on his hand, but I did the first time I watched, it, I was mm. numb, like you're saying, um, but you're right now rewatching it, even though I get emotional because of like the Tom Holland context, I just rewatched all three. I still feel like it's cheap. Like you're saying like, and also they're killing a great character. Yeah. It just, it didn't it, feel, it didn't I mean, feel like her time. It, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the anime arc is not well done in the trilogy. Yeah. I think. The movie starting off with her trying to break up with Happy and Happy being like sad about it and like her just being like so it was just a summer fling. Yeah. That was yeah. such a weird. And I was like, okay, thing. this is an interesting way to contextualize her. Isn't she like an artist or something? I forget like her job and like the fact that I forget her job is not a good sign. Of, like what she does outside of this. Yeah, and then that's they, not yeah. good. Then they show her with her like. I guess the food clinic and the mm-hmm. homeless shelter she's doing, but it feels a little bit kind of like virtue signally of the movies and trying to create something that wasn't there before. Yeah. And yeah, when they, uh, before they even decide to kill her and she's telling Peter, you just need to like cure these people. It, it just doesn't feel well, that's, yeah. connected to anything else we've learned the about issue May. with the Aunt May character. And it also doesn't make in sense this, a in bit. this trilogy is that her main personality character is that she's old, but Oh, guess what? She's hot. Yeah. It's like, it's <laughs> so annoying. It's also connected I do to the love her character. Tomei, was she's a joke. awesome. I think and she it was, is hot. But, yeah. but the My Cousin Vinny, like the generation right above us, I think just has a different relationship to Marissa Tomei. Like we think she's hot as like, like her as a woman right now at this age, but like people have a different relationship to her as like an Oscar. It also felt just like uh, an unfair joke slash comment on the Aunt May of the past, right? Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. And because of that, her character was immediately shallow mm-hmm. and the arc just didn't hit. Uh, as well as it could have. And so her death also just fell flat. Yeah. Yeah. I would have loved some more scenes where if, if they were going to do this, cause it didn't feel like a decision they knew early on more scenes where like we had that montage of them getting ready for homecoming or mm-hmm. her. I mean, she did give him advice of like, she was like, make sure that you're like nice. And yeah. um, I loved that idea of her giving him advice. Oh, of, in like, the car before date. the party. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think what really doesn't work about her death is just like a technical thing, which is like the editing's really bad of like her standing up and walking around and them talking. There's kind of like an awkward silence now that you revisit it. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've rewatched it, James since you saw her die in the theater. And you're right. The splicing does feel weird. Yeah. You, there's literally like a seven second break where they don't say anything to each other. And then huh. she collapses. I do remember. And that. I remember being like, they held for effect, but the effect wasn't. Hitting. Yeah. And then she does the whole like great power. Well, I think they want us to have like mystery. They're like, is she going to die? Like that? I think that was the, the kind of thing they wanted people asking in the theater. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, I already got that from Tony. I got that from Tony's character in Endgame with right. With, oh, you're right. It was similarly with that Peter. That was yeah. and so I didn't need this or especially like this. Um, so I didn't love it, and I also felt a little bit more manipulated on rewatch of like the music, the score changing, and Happy pulling up and seeing yeah, the dead not. body, and the cops are like, "Don't move to Peter," and you're kind of like, "Why are you guys trying to hunt him down again?" Because that's still unclear. Because the beginning of the movie starts you're right. I totally with lost track of that. Daredevil being the lawyer, which is cool. And then like trying to get 
the Parker family friends group out of jail because yeah. they're in trouble for something that's kind of I, unclear. I know. I think you're right. Yeah. That, that was also a really quick, like turnaround to, Oh, just kidding. Like you have no legal charges from this Mysterio thing. Um, yeah. And Stewie succession. succession. This is a fully a succession podcast. Yeah. Stewie is Stewie. the <laughs> department of defense. I don't know. Who, yeah. Whatever. What it, yeah, damage control. Um, but what I was going to say is about Stewie and then we were saying something. Oh yeah. Yeah. The cops. So my understanding about the cops chasing him was James, <laughs> Jonah Jameson coming back again and being like, the Spider-Man is yeah. like a menace. <laughs> I thought that was what it was. Like he was turning the city against him again. It was like a funny bit, but, um, but you're right. Like, I'm not totally sure about that. I, I do want to talk about the portal scene, which mm. was like one of the most iconic theater experiences yeah. for me. Um, just as far as like nostalgia and, and of course everyone cheers and like end game and stuff like wait, that. But wait, right. wait, we all, we, we, we all saw it together. together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. I'm just putting that together now. Whoa. Yeah. I thought we said that earlier in the pod. Wait, was that the point. first movie we saw together since the pandemic started? Uh, mm. no, I, I don't think so. No, no. Since uh, that all three of us saw together in a theater. So. Yeah. I think it was guys. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, we don't have to figure this out now. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> We but will. we're four plus hours when, yeah, but when <laughs> let, let's really take our time to, to see if this is true. So when Ned, first of all, so cool that Ned has the power to like open up. Yeah. He's a sorcerer. He's a, he's a sorcerer. And yes. then when like I, you know, for context, we did not know like truly if, uh, the other Spider-Man were going to be in this well, movie. Kelsey and I are really into actor I, interviews. Yeah. I really didn't interviews. think so. And Trey, I think you had, well, Andrew Garfield sense. was denying it everywhere, but he was doing so much Tammy Faye press. I think that was the film he was on. Is that right? Where I was yeah. like, I don't know if you'd be doing this much Eyes of Tammy Faye press for that movie, which would probably get nominated for an Oscar. But like, you're doing so much yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, he's putting his face out there I'm so like, much. You're probably in Spider-Man. But he kept saying like, he said things like, I'm going to disappoint so many people. Yeah. And I feel genuinely And he really did that. Yeah. He, he, he sold, sold it, it pretty like, well. Wow, he's a pretty good actor. <laughs> Who could have saw that coming? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he killed it. And when we saw Andrew Garfield running from the alleyway, some people could tell, I could tell too, but you could hear people in the back as soon as he starts kind of like jogging. Yep. The way he jogs is kind of like almost like a hopping jog. And everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't believe it. I, it was crazy. And then yeah. also when he came in, I was like, okay, well, we're obviously not going to get like Toby too. Did you all feel that way? I had um, a hunch. I think when we saw Andrew Garfield, I was thinking yeah. maybe Toby, but honestly, I kept thinking of Miles Morales, which is not yeah. something I've talked about yet, but like I kept thinking, I did think we were also going to see Miles. Well, especially when point. Jamie Foxx says like, I thought you'd be black. Yes. Right. I like was that, like, oh, are we going to see? That's got to be a direct foreshadow. Yes. Yeah. I'll talk about this at the end of the pod. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we have, um, his uncle in homecoming. Yeah. Played um, by, um, Donald Glover. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought tough performance, we- tough writing, tough role. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we I'm love Donald Glover. Seventh, Gambino. seventh place. Maybe it's deserved. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll talk about this later, James. All right. That's so, off mic. So, <laughs> okay. So when, when we see, you know, Andrew Garfield come through, just a wave, just excitement. Yes. Tears. Okay. But yeah. when, then he when Toby comes pastor. through. Did they call him pastor? No, that was for Toby. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. You look like a youth pastor. Yeah. yeah. They're like, so are you going to go into battle with the youth, youth pastor like yeah, uh, yeah, uniform? Yeah. So, but anyway, when Toby comes in and he's just like calm, you know, and he's like, classic, awkward, stiff. It was just so like amazing. Yeah. Amazing. 
And he looks, um, he looks sat, like just satisfied with life. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, okay. where do you think Peter would go? Like if, cause they saw in the news that may had died, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're like, where, where is your Peter's like place to hang out? Yeah. So he's got perspective. He understands emotions now. That's Finally. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's and able then, to talk to AMJ and not break it, down completely. Yes. But then we have a great, the great scene, which we already talked about in like spider verse where Peter has a genuine like emotional moment mm-hmm. where he's hugging his friends and I, I'm like really feeling the impact of May's death for Peter. Wait, sorry, before we even get there, sorry, cause I think that's a really important scene. It's one of the scenes I tear up at yeah. in no way home. Uh, when Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield's again, differentiating the Spider-Man's, I know that's not their character's name. Uh, they, their spider sense goes off. Their Peter tingles go off yeah. when oh, they yeah. feel each other. And they feel threatened. And they both web. <laughs> and do you see who wins? Toby. Toby. My guy. The original I mean, OG Spider-Man. Body, I guess they are in his body, which we learned is yeah. to, to a big surprise. Yeah, to other a Spider-Man. little weird for everybody. Okay, sorry. So back to the scene where the hu- the friends are hugging Tom. Yeah, Holland, and he's like, just don't tell Aunt me May. that you understand to the other spider people. Um, this killed me, bro. And then when he says, I lost my Uncle Ben, so I kind of like do understand, but here's the one that hits. It hits. I lost Gwen. It hits. Yeah, MJ. and the way that he, oh. his face kind of contorts from left to like right. Yeah. He does this interesting uh, switch and it's so brutal. Yeah, and he says the line that, Trey, you're talking about, you were I'm talking about before. Your about, yeah, I, at one point, I stopped pulling my punches. Like, yeah, it's like, okay, so you're killing Jesus. people. Oh, my God. It yeah. just hit so hard. And then also to see Tom Holland go on that same arc of wanting to, like, kill Norman, Norman yeah. because of Aunt May. And then... Toby coming through and being like, it's yeah, not worth it. I've yep. seen this guy uh, die before. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about that in a second because I want to talk about like getting um, up to the big fight scene. Sure. First we have the like curing high school lab scene and James, that emotional moment that you were talking about earlier where uh, Toby's Spider-Man has been thinking about Norman's cure for a really long time. And then we still have like the cocky kind of uh, amazing Spider-Man of like, Oh yeah, no, I've got it. Like I cured Dr. Connors, like no big deal. I've done this already, (laughs) but we do have then that moment of them all talking to each other and kind of, having a realistic conversation of like, do you have anyone like, do you have anyone and them kind of using this idea of, I have to cut off everyone in order to do what I need to do and kind of realizing they might be lying to themselves because they're actually talking to themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, and then of course, uh, an amazing, um, question from Ned to Toby. So do you have a best friend? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Toby, yes, he died in my arms after he tried to kill me. It was heartbreaking. Is that how you guys and, would explain? And he will, if you were at, if you, if no. your best friend died, <laughs> is that what you would say? Absolutely not. In your but arms? It, it's fitting for, like I used to, for Toby's character uh-huh. as Spider-Man. Cause he's just so weirdly stunted Yeah, <laughs> in understanding emotions. Yes. Um, and so the way that he delivered it so flat. And just like matter of fact, mm-hmm. I thought he's dealt was with perfect. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess him and MJ are fine now. He said, he says that they're, they still they're are like, yeah, figuring things out. Well, I thought what he said, I thought he said they figured things out, but they're okay now, which I thought meant like Spider-Man two is figuring things out or Spider-Man three was figuring things out, but they're okay now. Oh, I, I viewed it more as like things are like they were figuring things out after between. Spider-Man three. Yeah. I fe- oh, feel wow. like it's still an active yeah. Jeez, God, process. I don't know if that worked. That guy. Relationship. Tough. 
Uh, I also just love any of the all Spider-Man like scenes together. Yeah. Trey and I watched the extended version and there were oh, actually wow. a lot of great like comedic scenes that were not oh, included. God, I need to see this. But it made sense for the editing that it is funnier with the the timing of the jokes that okay. they take out all the in-betweens, but the in-betweens are gold. When they're at the Statue of Liberty, they are there are a lot more lines yeah. okay. that are really funny. And they should have just kept them. Even <laughs> if it's like playing it too much, like they went too much for trying to get nominated for an Oscar by cutting these out. Like that wasn't going to happen. So they just should have kept them. It yeah. Awesome. We'll go on the ones that are in the movie that like everyone's seen. Um, I love when Tom Holland's like, okay guys, like not to brag, but I'm in the Avengers. And yeah. they're like you're in a band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so great. And then also like, obviously the back crack scene where yeah. like, you know, uh, acknowledging my back, too, yeah. unquote, back injury. I love that the writers of this movie are Spider-Man fans. I know yes. that some yeah. people might be like, of course, but not of course. We yeah. have not seen that work mm-hmm. out in some MCU properties or Sony properties. And it's so sweet when Andrew Spider-Man goes, God, it's so cool. I always wanted brothers. Yeah, and they ask Toby like why he has webs in his body or like want to know about it. And Andrew's like, you ever have a web block? And Toby's, Toby's like existential crisis. Like, yeah. the He's reason. like, actually, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now that you bring it up. Yeah. And Andrew's like, don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also just obviously like the negative self-talk Spider-Man. Um, yeah. Like, hey, listen, you are amazing. You're amazing. You're yeah. Amazing. That's where, Can you, you know, yeah, yeah. Toby comes in with his his wisdom and he's like, we, we need some more confidence here. Yeah. <laughs> this can't be happening. We were then, sad boy for too long. And then the villains come. Can the Spider-Man come out to play? So good. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, I could, thank you, Willem Dafoe, for for believing in capitalism and taking money yeah. and having no morals. I can't we believe appreciate he, you. He we will role. talk That's about amazing. you more. Thank you for doing that. Yes, we will be talking about you on a future podcast. <laughs> and then I I think like the glider blade. So I mean, well, do you guys want to talk about the fight sequence before we get to Tom sure. Holland and Norman or? I just think the like web slinging of all three of them was really cool. Well, I think we should build up to Garfield saving MJ. So yes, we should talk about the fighting scenes. I, well, the only thing I wanted to talk about was Tom Holland and the green goblin. Obviously oh, really? MJ is, uh, I forgot about that, but of course what? that's like a major hitter. Yeah. Okay guys. So, so go ahead. Talk about I, it. I'm not like, I feel like this deserves the number two spot, but I think the the best scene of the movie is Andrew Garfield saving MJ and her asking him, are you okay? Are you okay? Which I think there's so much there. Okay. It's fixing a whole franchise that failed from Sony question, just with a single question and also recontextualizing what the woman in these movies, what role they've been playing, which is actually the real hero of the story. that has been keeping Spider-Man afloat to be able to save the city. And like that is the important element of MJ's arc in this movie. That is, almost kind of, I guess, underrated, which is that she's telling Peter like how to be like a normal communicator. Mm-hmm. And that's like Peter's biggest flaw is knowing how to communicate. Yeah, she's like, why yes. wouldn't you tell us we can brainstorm at exactly. the beginning of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. And so when like, just to kind of, I guess, to back up a second, when MJ's falling and you have that kind of like PTSD yeah. of the yeah, Amazing like, Spider-Man oh God, 2 oh of Gwen God. falling, you're like, oh my God. Uh, Are they, our whole crowd in the theater went, <gasps> like yep. they gasped audibly. And you see... Peter jump, sorry, Peter one, Tom Holland jump <laughs> and Green Goblin takes him out of the yep. sky, but it hits him through his ribs and your, so your first reaction is like, oh God. And then, and then she's falling and then you see Andrew Garfield jump and he does the, the hand web again and you're like, oh my God, he's going to catch her. And when he does and you see him 
just like kind of crying. Yeah. It is a lot. It's, it is, yeah, it's intense. They did Spider-Man 3 in one line. <laughs> the, the amazing Spider-Man 3 in one yeah. line. So I yeah. think that was fantastic. I love that. Um, I, yeah, it's a it's a great scene. I, it definitely like made me tear up in theaters and when we watched it again. Um, it's also just, you know, Andrew Garfield's an amazing performer. But I think that if this movie ended without that, we wouldn't have that kind of like excuse to be like, it does finish arcs off from Maguire and Garfield. Yeah, you're right. So I think that's like a vital part because the biggest stain on Spider-Man is the amazing Spider-Man, which is why it was so low on our list. Mm-hmm. Number yeah. two. I love because he and it's so self aware. He's like, I'm lame, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like they're I thought just a making, they're they're a dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. I I then want to get to the like final moment where Tom Holland is literally looks like he is not pulling his punches. No, We've never seen anything like this with the Tom Holland great character. Holland acting. Yeah, and it, it's similar to the kind of maybe the fight sequence that we see in the first Spider-Man where I was talking about like the blood on, you know, Toby's character. Um, that, but this felt because the CGI is way better, obviously. Um, and we have so much context going into the anger that Peter's feeling Yeah, really real. Like mm-hmm. it was a, one of the first times I kind of bought into an MCU fight as like, I was caring about the character's motivations of, mm-hmm. yeah. of being like, Whoa, this, I, this kind of losing out control, of control. Yeah. exactly um where when spider-man or when uh, iron man's fighting someone you know yeah you're never like yeah. he's gonna kill his friend here yeah it's- I, I mean the ca- actually a good example is the captain america and iron man fighting which yeah. Yeah, a lot a of example. movies yeah. to to get one that day emotion. again we're gonna talk about that that's gonna be like a whole political philosophy yeah so interesting but i mean debate. for this for tom holland to have him only be in our lives for like a little bit like that that was uh, i think an accomplishment mm-hmm. um it was really like dark and then when he tries to the, the darkest part is when he takes goblin's glider yes. yeah and is gonna stab him and i like believe it um uh, which is hard because tom holland seems so gentle as a spider yeah, you're right. kind of like don't do it whereas like yeah. peter the all other peters you might be be like oh it doesn't yeah, matter i could see this yeah it's fine and then toby characters. comes in to stop yep. him and green with a blank face no emotion yeah just yeah. flat <laughs> affect and then Fitting. Green Goblin stabs Toby. Yeah. Um, and which then, is awesome. Which kind is of. It's so almost like funny. funny. <laughs> it is funny, right? And then uh, I love when Andrew asks him, like, have you been stabbed before? And he's like, yes. And he's like, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, but then obviously Goblin saying, like, you killed May um, was great. And then he instead, I thought he was going to stab him, like kill him. But he gives him the injection to to cure him, to save him. Sure. Um, and then all the Spider-Man's hugging. I mean... Come yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, they could have yeah. just done that, yeah. honestly, and just went back to their universes. It was great. Yeah, I mean, that's why I tried to start off us talking about this without like talking about them right away. Um, and I think all of us kind of lean toward that because I think it is the easy part to talk about with this movie. Yeah, it's the yeah. But I do think if you look at this as the end of a trilogy, it, it yeah, actually it carries sick. weight. It's great. Yeah, it really, really works. The text is fantastic. Yeah, and just to like reiterate, I don't know if we'll ever see anything like this yeah. with the emotional impact. So do you for mean us. because I think we listeners probably deserve to hear this because we said we were gonna do an Ant Man pod and a Guardians pod. Do you mean that we won't see something like this again because stakes are now gone from the MCU? No. Well, I'm, I mean that like we don't have like multiple iterations of Ant-Man or like multiple like franchises of like a 
particular character. Sure. And so the like, Batman, I yeah, guess they're so doing we, that we in already, Flash. We already kind of talked yeah. about it, right? Like Spider-Man is accessible. Yep. Um, like anyone can wear the mask there and that there's a reason why it's made so many times. So I, I think that having people we have such a relationship with yeah. and so much context about and like jokes about like movies being bad. And well, um, I just don't, I don't know if we'll have something where there's a multiverse that I'll actually care about. So well, <laughs> like in the same way. Yeah. I feel similarly. I think I asked because when Guardians 3 just came out, a movie that we were like, that was good, but it was a little emotionally manipulative and politically kind of tough. And this villain is absolutist and they don't have no context, which people love apparently. Kind of weird, not to spoil, I don't want to spoil anything for James, but we were like, it was good, but people loved it. Yeah. And said it was the best movie in the MCU since Endgame. Oh, wow. Um, And that means it's better than No Way Home. And I think No Way Home is like maybe a top five, top six spider not sorry not spider-man but mcu movie Mm -hmm. um and guardians 3 doesn't cut the top 15 for me so like that's a crazy stance for me but like obviously we're in the minority because even critics were saying that about guardians 3 so i guess i was only asking because no way home does get as close to stakes as i've seen since infinity war yeah um, yeah, yeah, and that is take. impressive uh, because I, I think it was hard to do that after Endgame. I agree. Yeah. And I do agree with you. This might be the last time we see emotion and stakes. In saying that, I'm about to go cry in a Spider-Verse 2 movie, but it's also a Sony SSU-verse movie. Yeah, it's, it's so it's separated. a little bit different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, I don't know. I just wanted to note that because I don't think it's too hot takey to say this might be, it could be, not might be, could be the last great MCU movie in our, our opinion. Wow. Because we, we are going in that what direction yeah. right now. They are falling apart a bit and people are leaving and like it is people are also denying jobs in certain big positions in the MCU and everything with Jonathan majors too. And King dynasty Avengers, like they're gonna have to make a lot of big changeups. Yeah, that's true. And I think they only have Tom Holland until 2026 and that King dynasty movie is probably going to get pushed back because of that. Mm. And so this could be really we might be teetering on the end of MCU. Don't count out the multi-billion dollar company or corporation. Also don't feel bad for them at the same time. So that's the kind of thing here. But like, I was just noting that because it might literally be the last great MCU movie. And so I'm interested to listen back to this mm. in yeah. a decade or so. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting. Yeah. Guys, this uh, is great. Y'all, that was fun. So our I'm nine emotional. movies. Yeah, it actually is emotional. <laughs> it's 20 years of history Yeah, for us. Uh, so number nine, we have The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Number eight, Spider-Man 3. Number seven, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number six, <laughs> The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man. Ugh. Number five, <laughs> Spider-Man. Number four, Spider-Man 2. Number three, Spider-Man Far From Home. Number two, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And number one, Spider-Man No Way Home. Obviously, we don't have Spider-Verse 2 on this list because if you're listening to this in the future, whenever that is, that movie has not come out yet. It's coming out in about a week, and we're very excited to see that film. Guys, how do you think we did? I think that was a pretty solid conversation breakdown. Yeah. Um, I really loved hearing everybody's take, interpretations, um, yeah, and like thematic uh, arguments for all of these movies. Like, it was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I had a lot of fun talking about Spider Man 3. That Me one too. might. Deserves well, I mean, something that was the first else one I saw in the it, future. So I was excited to talk to. On another list, it might be number one. Okay. <laughs> but. To that listener, we say five stars only. By the way, if you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple, you can shoot us five stars if you like what you're listening to. If you listen to five hours or so of this podcast, we appreciate your support. 
Uh, Apple reviews also go a long way because we're just trying to beat those algorithm gods, those corporate ATN podcast gods, stop them from winning, (laughs) help the little guy, just like Tom Holland. Okay, that was the extra credits of Spider-Man with our guy in the chair, James Steck. James Steck. So fun. James, any updates on life? Are you excited for the summer? I'm so excited for the summer. Yeah? Um, You writing anything? What are you up to? Yeah, so I'm going to be submitting my manuscript more uh, to more places this summer. Cool. Um, I'd really appreciate any follows on Instagram Yeah. Um, at J-A-M-O-D-S-T. All your poems, your work, your socials, those will be in the description mm-hmm. of the podcast. So go ahead and check those listeners. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and go check out James's stuff. Um, just like Dr. Octavius, he <laughs> lives with Big that mission. Fan. Day yeah. by day. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, before we head out of here, quick Spider-Verse 2 predictions, because we haven't seen the film that comes out in a week. I know nothing about the movie. Me and Kelsey have stayed Neither away from trailers. Um, we're just going to go in blind because having this podcast, even though it's in our best commercial interest to go watch trailers and do a bunch of deep dives and know what happens in a movie before it happens, we're just normal people, and Why we don't care about do that. that. Why would we... Yeah. 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 I want to spoil it for um, ourselves. So I know nothing, but I want to make, I have an idea that I've kind of pitched to James earlier off the mic. Kels, this is kind of maybe new to you. Yeah, I haven't heard it. I would love to see Miles go to different multiverses uh, or different universes, whatever. And then at the end of the film, and the Spider-Verse 2, a very fulfilling movie, we get uh, transported into a live a live action. A yep. live action yes. place. Yeah. And then we're introduced great. to Miles now as live action Miles Morales with an actor that we did not know or actress that right. could be playing the character. And I think that would that'll be, be great. Could you, could you guys imagine though? The I just got, uh, I got, I just got chills actually yeah. thinking about it. Wow. But I was just thinking about how sick th- I thought this for 2018 when I saw that movie and I was thinking how good of an idea would that be just because of word of mouth, because people would say, you got to go see this Spider-Verse movie. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you anything, but you have to stay to the end. I mean, it would be so sick. I, I just can't see them Imagine realistically they, doing that because it, like, it, I think they're going to make it a trilogy or like how many ever movies because it's they're so good. So the rumor like, is that t- Sony wants to make their own Tom Holland films and they okay. want to disconnect from Marvel. And that's I'm why the, about what that. we didn't talk about at the end of No Way Home is that Spider-Man builds his own suit in his apartment. It's a colorful, bright suit. That's awesome. Yes. And he's like flying around in it in the winter. And I think it would be kind of interesting if Miles is transported into the Tom Holland universe. And they make Sony films and now he mentors him and he's Peter B. Parker. He's the one who who lost his MJ and he's the one that dies. It would be a good way to get Tom Holland, who's probably I mean, that would be a really beautiful way to start it all up again. This is just the this is the the kind of consequences of podcasting about movies and shows. You think you know more than the writers and I you're giving too many it, predictions. I also love the idea and I, I'm just so excited to see this movie. Like, yeah, again, uh, I think we all said that the better movie is spider verse. And I, I think just the, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think also for people, maybe I know I've heard people say this, but like animated movies aren't for me. So I don't, I haven't seen spider verse, like go see it. It is. So if you're a fan yeah, of but those people movies, will say animated movies aren't for me. Toy story though. It's really good. It's like, okay. Stop it. Like, <laughs> you, you just obviously haven't seen an animated movie in your adult life. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, 
go to our Spotify poll. That's the last thing I'll tell people to do. And vote for your favorite Spider-Man yeah, movie. Yeah, very curious. We're putting our top oh, five. Okay. I'm going to put our top five from this list in there so people can choose from that top five. Obviously, people who are like listening to the pod midway through won't even know that that's our top five, so it's a little bit of a surprise. Um, and let us know what your favorite Spider-Man movie is on there with a vote, and we'll see what the winner is from listeners. And uh, I know you're all going to pick Spider-Verse. So, <laughs> all right, this has been Trey. And this is Kelsey. Go, Web, go. Go, Web, fly. Shazam. <laughs> up, up, and away, Web. Web.